action. Thank you for joining us again, Salt of the Streets. I want to thank you again for joining us here at Salt of the Streets YouTube, obviously, youtube.com slash salt of the streets. We also have our Instagram.com slash salt of the streets, Facebook, fuckfacebook.com slash salt of the streets. Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash salt of the streets. We also have our beer shows on there, the book club, the newsletters, the review preview. Go there, subscribe, help us make more better content. I also want to thank Swell Blended for the haircuts. I want to thank uh, Lexi Kai on Twitch. You can go there if you want to watch some video games, location skate shop, downtown Bremerton if you need some skateboards, and uh, leggings and aprons, but she's taking some time off. Maternity leave, so the baby's whoop, whoop. due like at the end of May. Like right um, now. Yes, yeah, pretty much any time. So, of course, like, comment, subscribe, and all those things that really helps us out. Yeah. Um, Touch that, all the bells and all the buttons, right? Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, in this here part two, we're going to be talking some uh, Russia-Ukraine, right? This has been yes. a pretty consistent topic over the last, fuck, like four episodes, probably, something yeah. like that. Yeah, since the war began. Before <laughs> the war began, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah since right. the war began, yeah, exactly. Ever since, yeah, it was about... I don't remember when it was, but like a couple years ago, we had done an episode when Russia was doing a, you know, a military training exercise, and they were putting a ton of troops on the border of Ukraine, and then everybody got real nervous, and they're like, okay, we're pulling out again, and then they came back a few months later, and then bing, bang, boom, we had February. Um, so it's been about a month since we've been taking a look at the yeah. Russia-Ukraine situation, because I was, I was on the eastern seaboard for a little while. Um, so a few bullet points just along the timeline. I wanted to hit real quick some major events that have happened over about the last month, and then we'll just we'll just open it up for kind of a broader conversation based off of that. Sound good, boys? Good. All right. So at this point, we have over 10 million people that have been displaced from Ukraine as refugees. Um, the prime primary place they're all going is into Poland, um, and then. Uh, all up and down the rest of the the UN line, essentially at that point, um, we there was a guy I'm kicking myself now because I don't remember who it was, but I was listening to the the Ro Joe Rogan episode when I was driving to the airport right before we left, and this guy he was he's like a tech guy, but he had like somehow or other decided to like hook up with some other journalists, friends of his, and head over to Ukraine, spent some time in Poland, and he said it's it's madness. I said like, you show up at the train station and there are just tens if not hundreds of thousands of people that have just walked there from ukraine and it's and it's all women and children because they're not letting fighting age men out of the country if you are 18 year old male you can't get out of ukraine because you're staying to fight if you are a trans person in ukraine there's been some issues with trans folks in ukraine trying to leave because if they see you as a man you are staying. End of story. That's wow. that's how it goes over there. There's there's little room for fuckery when Russia's invading your home country. That's savage. Right? So, real quick, we're going to start... Where are all the trans advocates right now? Exactly. <laughs> They're uh, trying to, you know, promote World War Three. So They're putting Ukraine bumper stickers on their car. Oh, my yes. God. I told Colin... Flying the flags. I Ooh. saw a bumper sticker yesterday on the back of a Subaru that was a handprint... And the top half of it was yellow, you know, and the bottom half is blue or whichever way. And on the, in the middle of it was the outline of the country of Ukraine. Thirsty boys. Yes. Thirsty. It's, it's everywhere, new, dude. It's a new bumper sticker, obviously. Yeah. I, I drive into yeah. my neighborhood, man, and I see more Ukraine flags flying high than I do American flags. And it's really weird. I feel like I live in little Ukraine now. But hey, you know, I guess it's 
you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, how can you not feel bad and root for the people that are getting invaded? I mean, that's well, no, sovereignty. It's, it's a thing. And, like, and it's, I'm not saying that because we've talked yeah. about this before. Obviously, you know, we've when it when it boils down to it, we we're picking Ukraine side. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my position is that I I stand with the sovereignty of the people of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Right? I those people are they deserve to be independent. Yep. They deserve their own liberty, and that's where I'm at with it. I have a Ju- difficult yeah. time. We'll get into this later. So yeah, I'm gonna say just to yeah. say like if. If Ukraine, for some reason, was trying to invade Russia, I'd be on Russia's side because sovereignty is a thing for us. So before we dive into this, let's just go ahead and hit this uh, timeline real quick. March 21st, Ukraine rejects the ultimatum from Russia to surrender in Mariupol, which is their southern port city, which is basically complete ruin and rubble at this point. Uh, March 22nd. And mind you, I should caveat all this stuff that this is from a Western news standpoint. This is where these things are coming from because we've talked about this before in the past. You get very, very different stories depending on which sources you're reading. If you're reading or listening or watching Eastern sources like from RT or something like that, you're going to get a very different story than what you're going to hear about in you know, the BBC or any of the American corporate press. But this this actually timeline came from Al Jazeera. So I feel like that's kind of literally right in the middle. Uh, March 22nd, Biden says Putin, uh, Putin's constant claims that Ukraine has chemical and biological weapons are a, quote, clear sign he is considering using both of those. I don't know if you guys remember when he said that during a press conference, but it was massive news because the president of the United States just said, that there's a clear sign that Russia is entertaining the use of chemical weapons, which I don't know how you go from point A to point B on that one, but hey, whatever, that's the story. April 3rd was the big Buka massacre, supposedly. Um, the According to Buka's mayor, there was a, a mass grave found with 280 bodies that were coming out. I mean, you see pictures of these things, so it's kind of Hard not to believe that this is somewhat true in some fashion of it. Um, April 4th, Zelensky accuses Russia of genocide. April 5th, President Zelensky addresses the United Nations Security Council regarding the events that happened in Bukha and the what he dubbed as a genocide. Um, April 7th, the UN expels Russia from the UN Human Rights Council, which long time coming there, I, I, would, I would like to say. April 9th, <laughs> April 9th, <laughs> Russian President Putin appointed Russian Army General Alexander, this is going to be rough, Dvornikov, uh, who to essentially take over command. Uh, he was the same Russian general in charge of their operations in Syria. Um, April 12th, Viktor Medvedchek was arrested in Ukraine. He is a really good personal friend of Vladimir Putin. He is the Vladimir Putin is the godfather of his youngest daughter. They have a long history. He's a very big Ukrainian oligarch, but uh, yeah, he was hemmed up uh, by the Ukrainian security forces. April 12th, April 13th, Ukraine claimed the Russian guided missile cruiser Moskva, the flagship of the Black Sea fleet was hit by two Ukrainian Neptune anti-ship missiles, resulting in a shipboard fire, which later spread to the magazine and then caused further explosion, which, as we have seen over the last, I think it was on April 14th, so like two days ago, they admitted 
the Russians admitted that the ship did sink while it was being towed back to port. Um, there is some speculation going on of whether or not they had nuclear warheads on that missile cruiser. I wouldn't doubt it if it was the flagship missile cruiser of the Russian fleet, but you know, I'm sure the top priority was getting those things off the ship once, once it was damaged. Um, other than that, there's a lot of, uh, incursions been happening all over the place. There's been some withdrawals in certain areas and bolstering of other areas. Sanctions. Um, additional sanctions have been, have been levied, which obviously we've seen. I don't know if you could say that they've been doing much at all. They're going after Putin's kids now. Yeah. Which have you, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go down that road to be honest. What that? Yeah, talk about what his daughters look like. Yeah, I say some of his daughters look relatively attractive. One of his daughters, okay, no, let's take, let's take a moment because <laughs> one of his daughters, I saw two pictures. Right? Okay, one of his daughters I did find relatively attractive. The other one said, "Why <laughs> you're not as attractive as your sister? What's yeah. this? Like, how, how, what happened here? And this is very unfortunate, you know. It's like the uh, the Trump sisters, man. It's like Ivanka and whatever the frumpy one is called. <laughs> you know like it sucks bro your sister is ivanka and you are just you're adorable that's awesome um, so i want to do before we dive into this i found this really cool animation on uh, wikipedia of all places that shows the uh kind of progression and regression of certain areas in ukraine so Where's i'm gonna wait for from? it to this comes from it's wikipedia okay but you know you can look at maps and you know they're kind of fun to watch so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this up there gentlemen you're gonna have to forgive me um you won't be able to see it i'm gonna wait until it cycles it back around oh yeah send him the link and I'll send you the link real quick copy so you could just watch it starts on the 24th of february massive incursions they build up on the south through crimea on the east through the donbass region they punch in the north and then they really just get bogged down. And then later on, you'll see towards April, we start to basically like fall back, including all the gains that were supposedly made in uh, towards the capital. So um, a really interesting animation. I'm going to send you guys this real quick on Signal so you guys can have a chance to look at that when you get a chance. So now that we've been caught up on the official timeline, obviously the war is not over. Where are you guys at on the Ukrainian situation? Who wants to kick it off? Forgot uh, one. You forgot one uh, important event. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, March fifteenth, a Putin's a parliament advisor suggested that ask for reparations from America, in the form of Alaska <laughs> and California. <laughs> Well, first of all, they can go fuck themselves. We bought Alaska for them for like, you know, half a dozen Brilliant. like seal furs and shit like that back in the day. So we bought that fair and square. It's a really good Cary Grant movie about the whole thing. It's it's pretty fantastic. Well, and on a more social side, we've also seen now Joe Biden has said that he believes the actions in Buka is is a genocide. You yep. know, the administration had to come out after that and say, well, legally and blah, 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 this is what he's meant. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's he's the top of the chain, but also the legal side of it. And so they had been you can't just throw around to genocide language um, up until that point. Yeah. And he just, as he does, decided he was going to throw that out there. Um, so we'll see what comes from that. They I don't know if he decided or it just slipped out. Just, <laughs> out. 
the uh, administration is pushing even harder for war crimes now. You yep. know, they're saying that they've gathered all the evidence and, and that what happened over there is clearly a war crime. Um, so those are the things that have those are the things that have stood out to me the most over mm -hmm. this time, right? Um, I love I love war crime talk because uh, the age of civilized warfare, apparently, where the United States can drop missiles on innocent families in the Middle East, and we're not charged with war crimes, but I, but we're going to turn around and, and point the finger at Russia for like actually waging a terrible, not to undermine the severity of the deal and how fucked up it is, but this is war, dude. It's what happens. People get, tons of innocent people get murdered I all the time. To, I happen to have here, this is from uh, the Human Rights Council, right? So this is their report. Um, as of April 15th, 2022. And this says that the Human Rights Council recorded 4,633 civilian casualties in country, 1,982 killed, and 2,651 injured. So that is the current number is 1,982 killed in Ukraine. I also happen to have here uh, this particular article that says... Um, in the war in Afghanistan, there were 46,319 civilians killed. So obviously not all of those deaths are on the hands of America, but whatever percentage of them is, is more than 2,000 people. And I can, I'm not comparing the two things. You're talking about 20 years compared to a few weeks, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm not saying these are equal things. My point in bringing that up is it disturbs me more and more the serious, the more serious the rhetoric gets around this in America that we as a society are for some reason able to intellectually and emotionally absolve ourselves from the death of these civilians that lays directly on the hands of our government and not us as individuals but on, on the hands of our government but we're so quick to call these people that we don't like war crime war criminals because they have done a fraction of we what we did and i'm not going to say it's because there are brown people that we killed or any of that shit right i don't think that really has anything to do with it, it i i i at this point in time, I don't have an individual source in which I would attribute that to, but it disturbs me that people, that they don't care. The media sources are so willing to completely distract you from that. We will still promote what happened in Afghanistan, still say even the pullout from Afghanistan was fantastic. Everything that happened about it was incredible. We had to do it, but these people are war criminals for what they've done here. But everyone here is fine. Joe Biden, who voted for the war in Afghanistan, who had a hand in that happening, right is willing to call these people Vladimir putin these leaders war criminals nothing to say about himself his his one of his predecessors barack obama you know what i'm saying nothing to say about any of this stuff i'm gonna talk about the drone strikes and oh yeah that possible coup that you were gonna do with Gaddafi, or allegedly some fuckery that was going on over there which was a bunch of right um, yeah but I, I do want to ask you guys a question, and that's regarding the uh, the mass graves or the uh, what do you call this? Uh, do you believe that Russia is actually doing it? Essentially, do you believe what the media is telling you what Russia is doing? I that was one of the things I was going to say when Colin was running through the timeline. First, I want to say hello, to load some money. Yep. Um, and Marcus. And Marcus. Shout um, out Marcus. Yes. I feel like you guys might know him. <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's what I was going to say when you were going through your timeline. Is I hesitated to do a timeline because I am having a harder and harder time 
as the days go on, believing anything that's coming from American media, because I know that there is a spin on it. I know mm-hmm. that they're leaving things out. I know that they have an agenda that they're pushing. And that also does not mean I am believing the things that Russia is saying, because they also have an obvious bias and an obvious agenda. Yeah. But it took and is still taking until the end of the war in the Middle East for us to really find out what is happening there. I don't know why anybody believes we have a truly accurate depiction on what is happening in an event on the other side of the planet. Um, I think there is evidence of that, but one thing they keep talking about when they're talking about the events in Bukha is the chemical attacks uh, in Syria, right? And we talked about that the last time that we were here, that there were cover-ups of exactly what happened there. There's still question... A lot of people don't think Russia even did those, that some of them, some of the canisters didn't even fall from the air, didn't even come out of airplanes. So there is a lot of fuckery around the last time Russia supposedly used chemical weapons um, in a conflict. So I I really hesitate um, to fully attribute it to them. There's no question that the images are dark. There's no question that the images are disturbing. But I I don't know um, that I think that they systematically put people into a mass grave or 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 they're actively targeting civilians in this conflict i just have a difficult time believing that that's what they're doing because you know vladimir putin is just so evil and so fucked up that he just doesn't care and he's going to tell his army to kill civilians because he wants to kill ukrainians which are you know, two dick hairs away from a Russian anyway. And I'm not trying to be a racist American, but, you know, I mean, they were all part of the Soviet Union together. I mean, they're so I I struggle um, to buy into that narrative coming from Western media. Completely agree with you. you. You really can't can't believe anything that comes out of our media at all. Really, truly can't. I think it's it's absolutely absurd. Uh, to kind of piggyback off of what you were just talking about, how uh, they're so quick to to call him a, a war crime, a war criminal, and they want to hold uh, new Nuremberg trials to, to hold him accountable, and yada yada yada. And they're and they're having all this big talk, right? When they're the ones that instituted the coup in 2014 you know, to overthrow their government, have uh, a democratically held elections, which put in the right Zelensky, yeah and you have all of this controversy around hunter biden being over there looking after they just so happened to find one of the biggest oil deposits in in world history right and it all happens to be on the eastern flank of ukraine where they're trying to put the missiles aimed at russia it's like why are we poking the bear and then we're sitting here and then we're, we're playing the victim right you know I, it, it's yes. really kind of disgusting that we can sit there and we can say, oh, you know, he's doing it, he's doing it, when we're sitting there and we're, we're doing this. And there's no representation for the people in in the media for us to question people anymore. You, you, uh, I was ma- making this point to my parents a little while back. I was like, you know, I feel like uh, the government and the media are so far beyond reproach anymore that there is no repercussions for the shit that they're putting out there. It's absolutely right. disgusting that they can sit there and they can do that and they can portray us in, in this way uh, to the world when the people, ones that are the people that are are, are right and th- we're not writing the check. We're the ones that are funding this. You know, these hundreds of billions of dollars of 
of taxpayer uh, money that's going towards uh, military equipment that's funding this war. Yes. These people. Granted, we said that we would we would uh, we back them in in two thousand in uh, ninety four when we, they uh, relinquished their nuke. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we said that we'd back them, so we we do owe it to them. Again, I think that we that they should have kept their nukes. And they should have been able to be sovereign. If you're a sovereign fucking country, you defend yourself. Right. right? Same thing with Israel. Same thing with everyone else. You defend yourself. But that's neither here nor there. We're, we're way past that. But I think it's just really interesting that everyone is sitting here and they're saying, you know, we get out of, uh, of Afghanistan. We're, you know, this really, you know, anti-war country. And then all of a sudden, after poking the bear long enough, Oh, we're ready to get jump back into the next fucking war. It's like, I thought these Republicans and these conservatives were all of the the bloodthirsty war war mongers. Right. All of a sudden, like you have all the fucking like pink haired, you know, feminists that are jumping on board just because their Democrat buddies are sitting there going, "Oh yeah, you know, let's go fucking war and let's defend uh fucking Ukraine." It's like you guys are fucking cowards. Right. You guys are all disgusting fucking pigs. Yep. I can't believe that you. I mean, if you, none of them know the history of this shit. I'm not saying that I do. I'm just, I, I just started reading, and I could be completely fucking off basis. And I'm sorry to anyone out there that that uh, disagrees, but fuck you. And Man, I think that's that right. it's really interesting that that no one wants to to sit there and say, no, hmm. Maybe, just maybe, Zelensky fucking threw all of his political opponents in jail after he was elected. That seems democratic, you know? Maybe, just maybe, you know, we have uh, blood on our hands, too. And maybe we should fucking just, you know, stop doing whatever the fuck we're doing and worry about ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, I've, I've seen and heard sources from... You know, mainstream sources, CNN and MSNBC, to even like breaking points, you know, who pride themselves on being new age and stuff like that. They've all said, you know, that this is a completely unprovoked attack on the Russian side. You know, no one did anything to do any of this. When it's as simple as looking at what the NATO lines look like when NATO was first established and then what they looked like last year. What are you talking about? When the NATO lines have expanded, you can't say that there is no provocation at all and we discussed i think when this first started you know that if you're looking at vladimir putin and russia in a very one-dimensional figure of they're just fascist and they're authoritarians you're never going to understand this if you don't consider that vladimir putin might actually believe the things that he's saying you know not all of it he's obviously he's saying some things for the purposes of the public and to to justify whatever but he genuinely believes in some form in what he's doing he genuinely believes that his way of life is being threatened by Western culture. Whether you, not you guys, but you know us as a culture believe that or not, he he might. You have to consider he might actually fucking believe that. And if he does, then seeing the NATO alliance move closer and closer to his homeland, his own culture, his own way of life is going to feel really fucking threatening. Oh, Whether yeah. we as the American government and people think that is valid or not. He might actually fucking feel that way. And, it, yeah, it's it's weird to see it boil down to such a one-dimensional thing, you know? It is. And especially when you to think about point. the... Go ahead, Ivan. And to your point, the, like, you, you don't need to look any further than the Bay of Pigs. When the Russians uh-huh. did do that. What the fuck did we do? Right. Yep. 
We staged a coup. Yeah, we staged an attempted coup. Yeah, in another country that now we have beef with. We, you know, we, I think now we let people go there now. But what well, that was just within the last few years that we were able to go there. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's the, the relationship with Cuba has been War, difficult. You know, it's yeah. And I, I like the uh, to put it in the Dave. I think it was Dave Smith, um, the comedian, libertarian savant. Um, he likes to say, you know. If you want to find out who America's next enemy is, just look at who we're funding now. And I mean, I, I feel like you could go back through history and that right. works out pretty damn well. Right. And how do you and also I would say this, if you are Vladimir Putin and you are trying to wage this war against your neighboring nation of Ukraine, how is it? That when your guys are being shot, you know, your MiGs are being shot out of the sky, your your helicopters are being shot down, and your all of your soldiers being, you know, you know, killed and all this stuff by UN weaponry, even though they're being held by Ukrainian soldiers, how do you think, you know, his perspective is he's at war with the West, period. I mean, right. you're obviously, you don't have the boots on the ground and so on and so forth, but you're fighting against the combined military manufacturing power of the west essentially at this point they're shooting 556 five, right now <laughs> yes <laughs> they're they're shooting 556 five, at the russian soldiers that is where we are at they are sending millions of rounds of ammunition over to ukraine they're yep. using american weapons to shoot american bullets with ukrainian soldiers yeah it it's oh, yeah. crazy how easy it is for people the general public to just disassociate themselves with that factor, you know, because it's righteous. It's of course, it's the right thing. It's righteous. You know, why yeah. wouldn't we be doing that? How could it possibly be wrong when we're standing for what is right? We've always stood for what's right. How could it possibly be wrong? You know, yeah, we're America. We're the good guy, right? Yes. Cause Ukraine deserves yeah. to be sovereign, but Russia does not. Russia needs to sit down and shut the fuck up and do what America says, but Ukraine deserves to be uh, sovereign, you know? That's just a that's cognitive dissonance. That's yeah. you you cannot hold both ideals and actually be thinking logically at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's not not a good situation. Yeah. So so Zeke, what are your 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 thoughts towards the where we're at now? I should say and where this might go next. Uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. World War Three. Just nobody's calling it that yet. <laughs> No, um, so the conspiracy theory part of my mind is like Russia and China, they're wanting to drag this shit out as long as possible. Uh, right here, I have. I can I can I can actually speak uh, out of the company I work. For. A lot of our precious metals they originally came from Russia, all the zinc, the silver, all that shit. What happened when we stopped getting it? A lot of expensive production slowed the fuck down. Um, Silver market pop. So and yeah, and you know, there's also let's see, we have oh, that's all uh, precious metals here. Oh, and the natural gas, right? Mm -hmm. So now while Biden is tapping into a our gas reserves giving us some temporary uh, relief gas bills it's only going to just rebound worse <laughs> yeah relief Once that shit's gone much 
much worse. Well, we have to refill you know, it. We have to refill the reserves. Yeah. Where's that what, going? more Russian gas? Right. At some point, you have to refill the reserves or else you don't have a reserve anymore because you fucking wasted it all. Right. Um, so I'm, in my head, because I, I don't have anything to prove this, telling Russia, like, just keep on dragging this shit along. Like, if, you know, we're going to fucking drag America's economy through the fucking mud. Right now, China's going through the same shit with their whole COVID thing, and they're trying to get the whole world to because they have a whole COVID thing going on again. Yeah. yeah they got a big COVID thing going on now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's a whole other can of worms. They're trying to reinstate those whole mass mandates that, that back up in Philadelphia. Anyway, with what I see in the future is that Russia just keeps on driving. They'll probably make some progress and they just keep just pull back. They'll make some and just fucking pull back. Yeah. Like they could they will be getting a lot of their shit from Russia, whether it's ammunition, missiles, tanks, whatever. But they have the financial means now. They have the financial back because they trade in the US reserve currency, they can just trade it in the Reserve yen. Yep. There's. And we're beholden to China. We have no choice. We can, we in the West, the EU can stop doing business with Russia as much as possible. They can even switch to green energy and do, do ourselves a deficit so that we're separate from Russia. We have no choice for the foreseeable future to separate ourselves from China on a large scale basis enough that they could not subsidize Russia enough to keep them afloat you know and russia will do the same shit and i didn't mean to interrupt you but russia will do the same shit that north korea does and sell drugs and do anything else that they have to do on the back end to make ends meet it, do it doesn't matter to them you know they'll do whatever they got to do to make sure that mother russia stays alive yeah they're not going to let themselves just straight go into you know to become a third rate power anymore they're going to no. push and do what they can their people are used to a certain standard of living. You know, they're not going to tolerate. He's not going to be able to stay in power if his people go from whatever life they have now to a complete third class existence in less than a generation. Yeah, you know, he will not be able to stay in power if that's if that's what he's going to do to his people. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I've I've heard a couple of people talk about this in various different ways, but when you look at the leadership in the the, the balance of power, I should say in the the Russian Federation. Is it Vladimir Putin controlling the oligarchs, or is it the you know is it the oligarchs controlling Vladimir Putin, or is it a more symbiotic relationship than that? Is one more accountable to the other? It, it's hard to tell, I think, unless you really have an insider tracked into what goes on over there. So it's really hard to tell. But at some point, you know, the, the sanctions will add. I'm skeptical about sanctions, to be perfectly honest. I don't know how much they really care. Because, Ruble's bouncing back already. Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. They have alternative financial means to, to get what they want. Oh, no, they're locking up my big yacht. Okay. Who cares? I could buy. I could get another one. I got private jets. I'm not that worried about it. still have all the fertilizer. I still have all I the gas. Yes. I still have all of the things that you're going to need yep. come time, you know. And, and when it comes time and you and we are continually bombing the, the fields of Ukraine so you cannot plant the grain and the wheat and whatever it is, 
then we're going to starve you out. I mean, it's... The same way... Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that because that's the... Literally, we were talking about this earlier, Rome and all this shit. That's the same way that Rome ended up winning wars, especially civil wars within the Roman Empire itself. They didn't invade these enormous cities until the end when they would go and take all the treasure. They would just starve the people out. They would just surround the entire enormous city and cut off all the supply lines and let them exist on their reserves until they could anymore. The same thing we're doing with our fucking gas right now. You can spend all the reserves that you want. When they are tapped out and you are doing this circular bullshit with your gas industry where you're having Jen Psaki say, oh, well, they have all these leases. Why can't they just do, why can't they just do this? When at the same, we've talked about this before, the, to simplify it down, right? The oil companies are having to pay off the people, not pay off, but pay back their investors because the investors lost so much money when so many of the expansions failed. We talked about how many gas producers uh, ha- or energy producers had to close when the, when the, oil war was going on so it's not as simple and you guys know this it's not as simple as it's being boiled down to in the white house press briefing room you know it's being blamed as always on capitalists when government intervention is an enormous piece of the puzzle here so it's it just feeds so much into what we were talking about earlier of literally not paying attention to history if if there's only one thing you're going to pay attention to why don't we as a society think about the other largest republic that's ever existed fucking rome if you're only going to look up one thing yeah. look up the one thing that looks the most like you do so you can see what the problem was yeah. why not like so much of this stuff can it's it is it's right there it is literally right there <laughs> it's literally what our entire republic is based on was the the Republican model that was created in early Rome. Yeah. I mean, that's, and you don't bother to look at that. And if you did, you didn't like the answers because it doesn't necessarily follow your narrative. So just distract and move the other way. It really doesn't matter. It's because they're going to, the narrative is going to be crafted. Right. Whatever way that they want it to be crafted because of the incestuous relationship between, we're going to talk about this in part four today. Jen Psaki going over to MSNBC. Right. I mean, that is that does that not strike anybody as a conflict of fucking interest? If you work for the White House as the press secretary, and so you're getting by default, because that's your job, you're getting the spotlight for the White House. All eyes are on you. You become a personality all in your own. How is there not like a four year waiting period before you can go back to media or some shit? It's incestuous and so the two of them will work together to decide whatever narrative will work for them the corporate press will run the story they'll make money off of it and they'll make the white house look good and there's nothing that we could do about it except for what we're doing now which is just trying to have these types of conversations supporting other people that are having these conversations and just you know Tell one or two of your friends. <clears throat> so I want to ask you guys about something that Zeke said in regards to the Russian military, right? And that is the pushing forward and then the and bringing back, right? Pushing yeah. forward and bringing back. The surging. And I think that there is there's already evidence of that when you're talking about Crimea and, and other things in the past, right? But mm-hmm. even if you're just talking about this particular conflict on the graphic that we looked at here and that Colin sent you guys, you can see there's the hard push where they're going to probably see as far as they can go if they can possibly take Kiev, then they're going to do that. And if it's going to be as easy as maybe they're they're hoping that it will be, not that they think that it will be, but easy mm-hmm. as they're hoping that it will be, then they'll take that whole part of the country. They'll take the whole country they can. If not, 
then we'll just take these two portions and maybe a little bit more that we already know want to kind of be with us anyway. We'll just actually take them, right? Yeah. I think that there is some evidence of that, and I think that, that it makes sense to me for sure, so I want to know what you guys think about that. Ivan, you first. Well... I think that honestly, I'm I'm not sure. I really don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there's a lot of uh, I don't know. I'm actually interested in what Zeke has to to say on this one. Uh, I need to think about this one for a second. Absolutely. About like what they're so just to clarify, like you're saying that the Russian military is taking like when they're advancing they're taking some as they're pulling back yeah That's like they're pushing to. it forward to see whatever they can take and then if whatever obviously they met resistance in Kiev they couldn't fully take the city and so they went back and they took what they knew they could take at the end because yeah. those the two now, portions that they recognized before the conflict popped off they knew wanted to be part of Russia anyway Okay, so here's my question. Do you have a, a map or anything on you? That's the oh, like that or we like can a, like that we graphic. can reference. Yeah. Yep. Because what what I would like to uh, their farmlands, you know, where they have for crop production becomes oh. a much bigger a much bigger issue because that would actually make like okay, pulling back, but we're fucking taking this farmland and yeah. Really, let so me just pull off. up like a uh, just even like Google Maps. I mean, that'll that'll show you where the farmland's at and where that's not. Let me pull that up for everybody. Yeah, because yeah, I am really curious. They, I mean, because they do call Ukraine the breadbasket of Europe, you know. And yeah. So let's just I mean, pull this up over here. Europe, Europe gets a lot of their shit from Russia. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their shit from Ukraine as well. So we have the border and... there of Ukraine. So you could see that's the outer border there. Eastern portions. Let's just kind of zoom in here. I mean, it's farmland. And let's just push in a little bit more central. And it's just farms, 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 just fields and fields and fields. Word. And that's why I'd have a list here from bakertilly.ua slash en slash news. And this is actually Tilly, the huh? top five most agricultural regions of Ukraine. Um, obviously, I cannot pronounce any of these names i'll send this to you guys <laughs> so, in, but it'll be fun yeah i'll send it to you guys in signal right now so that you can look at it also um i've been reading middle middle eastern like village names for the last 20 years oh, good luck. trying to shift over to you know um eastern european is it's yeah. just very difficult it's a hard transition um the number one there are 1,968,000 hectares of crop in this area. Most of the crop area in Ukraine is allocated to wheat, corn, and barley. In 2014, cereals have occupied 148,000 uh, square kilometers, more than the territory of England. On the first and second place in terms of crop areas are that name and the Odessa regions. And they were in Odessa. That's mm -hmm. definitely so. That's yeah, Odessa's one. down south towards the coast, like the south largest, central. The two largest regions in Ukraine. Um, number two, 66% of the Kirovavgrad region is allocated to the crop area. So a lot. I mean, it's just, you, just by looking at the Google, I mean, there's very little forested areas. It's yeah. just like, it's little tiny pockets of cities and villages and stuff like that. And then it's just farmland. 
that's farmland, basically it, farmland man. For as far as I can see. Yeah. Until oh, I mean, you, yeah, until you really push like really west. Most of the Ukrainian honey is produced in the Donetsk region. Eight thousand tons in twenty fourteen. The Donetsk or the Donetsk? Yes. Is that what they said? Yes. That's one that's, of the eastern regions. And that's number six. That's number six on the list. So no honey. Have we not been hearing the obviously this straight off the top of my head, I've never seen this list before. Have we not been hearing for years? about the bees are getting fucked up it's going to ruin our our honey industry the supplies and all this shit right so now we're talking about most of the ukrainian honey is produced in the donetsk region that was just taken by russia mm -hmm. russian honey about to be lit <laughs> so while they're while yeah. they may be losing some industry in the eu right if they're going to talk about trying to get energy independent or whatever they're going to do there they're squaring away other industries actively Ukraine takes first position in terms of honey production in Europe and third position in the world. About mm. 400,000 of beekeepers work in the country. In 2014, they produced 66,000 tons of this product and exported 36.3 thousand tons. The largest importer became Turkey, Slovenia, the U.S., Poland, Germany, France, and Spain. 36 and a, wait, 36.3 thousand, thousand tons. tons of honey. Yes. That's a shit ton of honey. And we were looks like we're number three on the list. We're number three. Interesting. Isn't that so, interesting? Um, so, and again, I have no proof. I have no proof of this. Uh, it just, sounds like uh, proof to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, wait, obviously that, that what I was going to get at was like, so they're taking, they're obviously taking these and, and they're going to, hold on to that shit and they're so i tie this back to uh where the media is making it sound like they're pulling back or like you are, are pushing them back when that in fact the plan is for them to just go back in the first place right the only hole in that logic is you know when they they, they totaled a a flagship right yeah on my logic there, i don't know why they would just fucking destroy a, a you know flagship but the narrative could be they're pulling back but we're going to make it sound like ukraine's winning you know hooray for democracy but when in fact you know, they can say whatever the fuck they want we're going to take this shit and then we're going to come back it's nice and steady it's just a slow fucking choke right and whether or not biden or it doesn't fucking matter to them because to, for them it's it's a fucking win-win oh yeah i mean we're making money hand like, over fist in the military industrial yeah. complex portion of it oh absolutely oh dude all the defense so, contractors are making bank right now they're yeah. seeing i mean i don't know about record but they're seeing immense increases just over the last oh, few yeah. weeks you know we've seen lockheed martin uh, what is Raytheon. that for the government that's tax yes. income that's that's tax oh absolutely well, we just we expanded yeah. the defense the defense budget last year yeah. and then even mitch mcconnell called for another expansion once this whole deal in ukraine and russia popped off so they're talking about another expansion in the new budget so it's like this like, it's like the schools man yes the military industrial complex is like the schools the yes. more the defense budget goes up the more expense and weapons get the more money that goes directly to them it's it's a incestuous relationship did you hear that briefing did you hear that wanted to have a bump up to seven hundred and thirty-eight dollars in their budget. That's insane. Again, 
that is that's so much absolutely, money it's so much money it's and they wanted to i mean he was trying to just the fact that there's like you know there's not enough personnel weapons are getting and all this other bullshit and it's reckless spending absolutely like you're you're you have overpaid please and I'm, I'm probably gonna piss off a lot of people at the shipyards but if you're a government worker at your fucking shipyard a lot of those people especially at portsmouth norfolk uh i'll say mobile alabama uh san diego they don't really do shit yeah they just sit your there, job today around. is they to do sweep the bare, this room they, they do they do the bare minimum yeah well and i know okay, and the reason i'm sorry go ahead uh oh and uh and the reason why we lost our defense contract in arabia to russia is because they fucking bust their ass and why would saudi arabia pay us out the ass when all we're doing is twiddling our thumbs and doing bear, the bear mm -hmm. russia comparable amount in currency and they're busting their ass right yeah it's that the same like answer as me yeah it's the same answer to why everything is made in China because it's cheap it's, because they have slave so, labor. You know, it's it's the reason. But yeah, I, I yeah, it's not a total parallel there, but it's it's a problem because that does mean yeah, like we are going to be the more expensive guy in town for for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. Yep. Because because unions can find bro out of town to do the same job and get it done what you've been working on for like the past three weeks and like, yeah. yeah why does government highway projects right. take, they never end. You know what I mean? It's they're never fucking end. Yeah. Well, and, and I have heard firsthand accounts from our own shipyards, um, from my best friend when he worked there, when Trent worked, when he was a rigger, when they were on, he was on certain projects where there were entire, I mean, weeks and months at a time where he would be at work waiting for people to cut a pipe that always took longer than his shift was, but he still had to come in just in case they finished cutting the pipe early so they could use a crane to lift it out. So for months, he would, him and his entire crew, it's not just him, and it's not his fault because that's what his fucking job was, but him and his entire crew were paid 20 plus dollars an hour. Some people, the veterans are paid 30, 40 plus dollars an hour to literally sit and wait for something that never happened. And that comes straight from our straight from our pockets, straight from tax dollars. Straight mm -hmm. from taxpayers, and that and white people don't cause an uproar is fucking beyond. Well, because and they keep on fucking raising taxes. Yep. So and what do you have to show for? And like for a really good, because this is going to hit home, I think. Um, when you look at the number one employer of the county, right? Yeah. Federal government, absolutely. And so number these are the people that the are state. making all this money. Now. When the vast majority of workers are making that kind of money, guess what happens to like the housing market? The cost of living is greatly increased. And so now everybody that lives there that does not have those government jobs that cannot make that kind of money, that it, even the business owners that run the businesses here, we, we can't compete with that. So there's no market. There's no direct competition because you cannot compete with those numbers. So it's just it's it's either unions or federal and then people like you and i have to compete for tiny cookie cutter houses in developments for 
$700,000. They're literally selling uninhabitable houses in Kitsap County for $300,000. That a you can't even you, get a mortgage you for. can't live in. Yep. You actually, they won't allow you to live in it because it's so fucked up. Yep. Houses that don't have entire backsides for $250,000. The whole backside of the house is not there. It's open to the wilderness. The floors are not there. $250,000 to live in Port Orchard. <laughs> Why do, you guys lived here. Why would you want to live in Port Orchard anyway? Yep. So you're close to the shipyard. And you're not going to buy a house that doesn't have a back half on it if you work in the shipyard. Yeah. No, it's it's horrific. That's it's, where you know we're closing in on kid number two, and it's it is quite literally impossible to purchase a home that is livable for our family in Kitsap County and to, like in an area to be able to try and keep my job. It's yep. it's not feasible. You're talking about four hundred and fifty a half a million dollars yep. for a three bedroom two bathroom house that is like like you said in a development. You don't you don't have a yard. There's no you land don't have area to yourself. No land. No anything. It's just you maybe you could have a dog, you know? Yeah. You might have to pay the HOA a small fee for that, yeah. but you could still have your dog. The shipyard combined with, you know, Amazon and stuff across the water when they're yep. having to increase their wages for public pressure and for to compete with the government that's there. You know, they're paying people $20 an hour or whatever to work in the facilities. They just built a new facility out by the Bremerton Airport on your yep. way out to Belfair. Massive. So there's one right in town. If you go through Gorst, you will literally see between five and ten Amazon trucks just coming into Bremerton to deliver shit straight from that facility. Yep. Every time, no miss. Which, yeah. as a consumer, does not suck. Yeah. No, but as somebody that has to live there and compete directly against the DOD budget that continues to rise so we can get back to that, yes. that's, how it, that's how it affects the everyday Americans. It's because all that boost in funding is going towards everybody at the, at the shipyards and at the military bases, all the civilian employees there that make... A really good living because it's one of the safest livings I think anybody can, as long as you, you know, follow the rules, do what you're told. Right. And you just be quiet and do your, your relatively do your job. You can ride a cushy career for 20 years, get a, a nice cushy pension and make fat, a fat fucking paycheck all the way through it. But it fucks over everybody else that lives in that area. And because anybody that's not going to participate in that system, it fucks over. And that's, we're going to talk about like macros and economics. I have a feeling that that kind of uh, theme is going to run throughout, right? Because it's it's not good, man. And they there's no disconnect. There is or there's no connection, right. To that, there's a massive disconnect. And because, the, like you said, the budget is always growing. They're always yep. hiring for the federal government, always. And because it's easier to just get a job there if you can't beat them join them right yeah. and people don't want to leave the state they don't want to uproot their lives they don't want to uproot their children i'm They'll ready just quit whatever small job they have mm -hmm. or what even if they work another big job if you work at amazon you're making 20 dollars an hour but you can go to the shipyard and make 24 dollars an hour yeah maybe you'll be closer to your house you can maybe work better hours or you'll get better benefits i'll just go work for the federal government instead yeah that's and the it just they hire more and more and more people all the time the the quality of the people goes down and down and down. And when you do, it's 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 the traditional, uh, traditional stereotype. When you have new people, fucking Jordan's dad, right? He just came back from Japan, so he has always been a good worker anyway. And then was revitalized with the Japanese work ethic. Oh yeah. And so he is he's there, the head of that whole department, the head of the shop. He's trying to get all the terrible people out, and people fucking hate him. 
The workers are complaining about him because he wants them to do their jobs. He wants them to actually be good and get projects done and not waste taxpayer money. And people are fucking complaining. How about dare him. you? It's ridiculous. Pirates. Yes. Yes. He had people. Yes. It's it's horrific. Yeah. I don't oh, want to get too. I, I, don't, I bet. I it bet. is right. horrific. I, I mean, I'm telling you, when Trenton worked there, there were, you know, stories of people literally getting drunk at work in the shipyard because they had nothing else to do they're getting paid to sit around and i i blame them and i don't blame them because complacency does bad shit to people yeah. and when you're sitting at work with your thumb up your ass for 40 hours a week for six months at a time you're gonna do weird shit you know they're fucking building hammocks and storage containers to sleep while they're getting paid 20 30 40 dollars an hour in taxpayer money to literally fucking sleep it's deadening. It, it's it, it's only enable it. Yep. Those yes. unions only enable behavior. Yep. That's right. And there, it's happening, like you said, it's happening all over the place. Happening here, San Diego, anywhere where they have. When that is the industry, when the federal government is the industry, that is what is happening. If you don't work for them, yep. it's a mafia-style fucking cabal that teams up with the enormous hedge fund capitalist industry to fuck people out of housing and other jobs and to destroy industries and companies so that they buy them up and do whatever they want. I work for an incredible small company where there is no union and they treat us amazingly well. I got a fucking Yeti cup for Easter yesterday. Damn. Everyone, you got an Easter there's, gift? There's 50 employees there and everyone got a Yeti cup that has their name on it and it was all full of candy because it's fucking Easter. That's just a that's just a thing that they did. Man, there I are, feel bad. I didn't do anything for my employees for Easter. No, and and I, I'm a secular work environment. You know, it, it, it's horrific that civilians whose tax dollars or people fucking Zeke, who you worked for the federal government and you work for a private company and you still get fucked by the federal government. Yeah. Because you choose to not work for them full time. It it's dark. Disgusting. Yeah. So let me let me ask you guys this, um, uh, you know, pulling all the way back to let's refocus on Ukraine for a second. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Where where do you guys see this going? Where's, where what's the end game here? How is this going to end? And like, why would it end that way? So I'm going to throw this to Ivan first. <laughs> uh. And I mean, just guessing. Long term, yeah. What do you think? None of us are experts. We're all we're all just throwing shit around here. Right. Uh, and you're referring to specifically the Ukraine Russia conflict. Yeah. Yes. We will expand in part three. Okay. Well, I I honestly think that Putin's going to get what he wants. He's going to either he's already got Belarus. He's already yeah. got Latvia. He's already got. Moldova and Kosovo, right? Uh, I mean, they're all puppets. And then the, the last little egg, last uh, ship that he wants currently, as 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 far as I know, is um, is Ukraine. So uh, he'll get it, and uh, there'll be a bunch of defectors, uh, including the the current president uh, of Ukraine, and. After that i think that he probably will stop just to rub it in everyone's face that say that he won't and once and then what he'll do 
is he'll continue doing what he is already doing. He backed the ruble with gold. Big, that was a big move. Big emphasis there. He backed the ruble with gold. It was in a free fall. And then he, when he announced it, that he'd be buying at a floor price of 5,000 rubles to the gram, rebounded so jarringly that it broke necks. Yeah, I was like, I got whiplash. Back up to terrible whiplash. And, and side note, just a, a, a point of, uh, of contention that I have with the West, especially with the uh, plutocracy in upper politics and, and banking, um, the... Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan were allowed to buy Russian bonds right when they uh, announced sanctions. In the free, in the, the throes of the free fall, they bought bonds from Russia knowing that it was going to rebound. This kind of plays into everything that I'm going to end up talking about soon. That's These motherfuckers, they knew this, that he was going to back their currency with gold and it was going to rebound bought at the throes of the bottom right and then they sold already possible deniability right these motherfuckers it's absolutely insane one each uh we're all family sorry. men here no no, no. we're all family, we're all family men. men here we're all family men here that's right we do this at colin's <laughs> house because he doesn't have kids that's right <laughs> that's why we do it at colin's house <laughs> Yeah, we used to do it at your house uh, from the we, beginning. That's yeah, right. in the beginning, well, yeah. when they're infants, they're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Relatively, you know. Right, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to And not to be real. too long-winded about it, I, I think that, I mean, uh, Bush or uh, Bill, Bush, Obama, and and Biden, they've all done a very good job of, of forwarding uh, uh, globalism. And they've all done a very good job of assisting power shifts from e from west to east, mm -hmm. and it, that's exactly what's going to end up happening here. Uh, we've already seen it, and it's going to progress, and we are going to be the benefactors of a degrading society. And uh, it's it's very sad because we're going to all pay for it. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck, but I think that what it's is what's been needing to happen in our economy for a very long time is a burning of the dead wood uh, yeah. and i think that it's going to cause everyone to tighten their belt here locally domestically in the united states uh there's gonna be a lot less uh bullshit and tomfoolery going on with all of these subjects like transgenderism and, and woke leftist yes because they're we're, we're gonna have to be a lot more fiscally responsible because of what they're doing uh we're not gonna have all the excesses uh, that that uh, have been afforded to us uh, through the wielding of the U.S. dollar. So, mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, that's. I wanted to build off something real quick that you had said. Um, this is you're talking about a power shift between the West to the East, right? From the West to the East. Um, you you guys know of uh, Thucydides' trap. I've heard that term before. We have heard the term, gentlemen. No, Th 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 Thucydides trap. I think is how you say it. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I mean, that's what it sounds like you're describing is a is a a shift in global superpower, which um, essentially yeah. every time that has ever occurred, 
the major global level conflict has occurred. I mean, is that? And that's exactly. And I am. I am exactly saying that. I, yeah. I, and I. That's. I mean. I'm just throwing spaghetti at the walls just to see what sticks, but that's what I see. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm reading uh, the book. Um, I mentioned it uh, in the before uh, talks. Uh, Ray Dalio's uh, yeah. "Changing World uh, World Order," and the guy is brilliant. Uh, and I think that everyone uh, that he's been in contact with all kind of subscribes to the same kind of. Um, process and uh, when it comes to the human condition and uh, the rise and fall of empires and long debt cycles mm -hmm. I mean when you when you put all this stuff together like he has and it, it's basically a roadmap for what's going to happen I, and basically my entire opinion that I just stated is what uh, Ray Dalio has, has kind of stated in his book the guy's brilliant uh, you, I, I would highly suggest it. If you guys have a chance, it's more uh, a history lesson than it is a, an economics lesson. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And can I yeah. clarify one thing with Gallio. you? You said um, you think that Vladimir Putin is going to take Ukraine. Did you mean in this current conflict or over time he's going to take Ukraine? So I guess this bleeds back into your previous question. So like with the surging and backing, surging and backing, I think that it's going to be over time. Okay. Like I, I agree with Zeke that the slow strangulation is going to be uh, a thing. It's going to give time for things to fester and really kind of build to a head. And it's going to give us reason to, to enter eventually once we see enough of this bullshit that you know, mm. things are going to, you know, people are going to say, okay, enough. And then we're going to finally jump in and it's going to be ugly. Uh, I think I, I don't know that um, that there's going to be a, a world war. I really freaking hope not, because I mean we're talking about you know the possible end of humanity as we see it, or humanity yeah. period, right? Uh, but at the same time, I don't think I I hope that cooler heads will prevail. Prevail, but at the mm -hmm. same time, um, uh, I think that if things do get escalated. This is the perfect way to get it escalated is yeah. to let things uh, let a slow burn happen let things fester let people get really upset about what's happening and you know once people start seeing the the starvation and the uh the complete ruin of war and it's uh i mean it's it's gonna end up happening yeah so just bef right before we get to you, Zeke, I'll re-ask you the question again to kind of refresh. But, uh, Ivan, would it be safe to say that essentially you see this more playing out life like like in Afghanistan compared to a Crimea? Crimea being quick, you know, quick, well, fast, so, so and then a long, drawn-out... I, I, I would... Dude, this would play out uh, more like an Afghanistan thing. Mm -hmm. Not as young, obviously. Um, I, Russia, I think Russia would be game. I mean, time, and that just means nothing to them. Because mm -hmm. to them, it's... It's a long-term uh, investment. That's what it takes. That's what that's what it takes. We'll, we'll throw bodies at it if, if it means our ultimate... Yeah. They do uh, have a I track record of that. Right, right. Um, like, over time, uh, more of like an Afghanistan-type uh, deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Crimea, not so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, Crimea, uh, they kind of got lucky in a way. They were able to, like, do it. I don't want to say totally bloodlessly, but essentially it was like a bloodless coup. It back door was, style. Yeah, and they came in through the back door. I thought that that's some, what they were going to do in... in um, some backdoor deal had yeah. to have been struck between Putin, Obama, and the leader of Crimea or some shit. Yeah. Was, All brought to you I mean, by was, the connection was, of Hunter Biden. Have you guys seen the, the theory on Crimea and why that was struck the way that it was? No, no, I, but I would love for you to tell me. <laughs> so, so I think that the the reason why it was relatively this uh, and and people weren't very uh, enraged about it is because there is one river that goes into Crimea, right? Mm -hmm. And it's actually uh, one of the ones that they're sectioning off currently in the uh, in the east. Uh, and that river was dammed at the border of Crimea. So they, they basically said, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. Ba not not just completely, like, handed over, but at the same time, they said, okay, well, th there you go. Now we're going to cut off all of the irrigation and all of the, the water access to Crimea. So you were going to grow crops there. Now you can't. It's completely useless to you. Mm -hmm. right? Interesting. Now, I, th I think that that's probably a uh, major, like, FU to Putin. And now Putin's sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to take the river. I'm going to take the eastern part, the ones that I really wanted anyways. And now I have water access to Crimea. I'm just going to okay. look at the map here just real quick. Cause I'm <clears> like, <throat> that is a really interesting situation because, yeah, there's Crimea. And you got there's the... one major river. Yep. I, I'm not even pretend that's the... It's the Don River. Hey. hey. And, you know, Donbass, that that there would make you sense, you know, the Don River. But that's over in I'm looking at the wrong river, I think. Oh, come on, don't hype me up like that. <laughs> that's right. You're already in Russia, bro. It's fine. So, we'll call it the Meese River maybe. That's a pretty big one runs right through. Yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Either it's way. it's a it's a solid strategic I'm resource. Which I think is when we're talking about the the capturing and the, the falling back, the surges that are going on. When you play, you know, I play um, a lot of like PC strategy games and stuff like that. And in the game of like civilization, a lot of times you're taking over territories and stuff like that for strategic resources, which are not necessarily like bases and arm, you know, military installations or chemical weapon or chemical biological research facilities or yeah. sometimes it's honey right sometimes it's yeah it gets you access to the river where you can control the dam to shut off the opponent's ability to make fucking food i mean that if that's not strategic i don't know it is and then next thing you know everybody's starving and you just walk in the door and it's yours right so it does not surprise me if that's what's happening which i would not like i putin's not a dumb guy he's never been a dumb guy oh. You don't go from, you know, joining the KGB to, like, becoming the president of the Federation of Russia through two different countries. So you lived through the Soviet Union, and then you still rose up to become president of the, the following nation. Right. Like, you're not a dumb guy. You played. Your, you know what you're doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he has to work with. He knows that, essentially, his entire massive fleet of shitty, you know, Soviet, not even Soviet era, but like Russian tanks that 
feel like you know you watch the videos of these guys shooting the the I don't know what type of is it a tow missile or something like that some American made fucking badass anti tank missile you see those dudes just they cut into these things like they're paper you know Putin has to know that right but he's yet he's committing the forces he's doing these things because he has an end goal and he's getting something out of it it's just whether or not it's the corporate press knows what it is and is just not telling us or much like us i don't know what it could be i just trust that he knows what he wants and he's going to get it and that's that's where i'm at on it anyways one of the interesting things that i i really made as a a big uh, point of of interest uh was he had an interview i I think it was a couple months ago and he's he stated that the reason why he's entering this conflict is because uh, he his exact words were uh, we we know what uh, the out every outcome of this situation is going to be very calculated translated right and uh, we are we are not I forget what exactly what he said but the gist of it was uh, while our uh, our a threat to our existence is being waged. Uh, we are uh, we're not going to lay down. Mm. So, so he he views this as as a truly existential uh, existential uh, threat to Russia as yep. a nation, right? And whatever threat that he sees, we're not seeing it, right? And I think that that's very interesting, right? right? What what is it that we're holding over his head that that uh, makes him think that Russia as a nation is in the balance here yeah and i think we I th- we might have talked a little bit about that last month on last month's episode but there was that big talk about the you know joe biden said the 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 world liberal order or the wor- the liberal world order right. was a stab you know being established after like world war one or world war two whatever version that it was whether it was the league of nations that became the un or whatever it was i mean there's it's rather obvious anyone with two eyes can see it that vladimir putin has no interest in in participating in this kind of like global liberal democratic you know kind of centrally controlled like thing the west has going on right now i mean he's watched the birth and growth of the eu where he watched all these sovereign european nations be swallowed up by a giant stupid fucking bureaucracy that does not represent the citizens that it pertains to. I mean, and then he's he's watching the UK dip out during Brexit. The dude does not want a part of this thing, and he's going to grab what he can while he while he can, and he's going to defend. You know, he sees that as an as not just an adversary but an enemy. It's like you said, it's an existential enemy. This is the end of the Eastern Russian way of life if that was allowed to come over. It's, that's I can understand where he's coming from. <laughs> Salute. That's the way we do it in this house. We say it in Spanish. <laughs> um, so I think that's wonderful. Um, do you either have anything extra you want to say, Don? Do you have anything you want to add to Ukraine and stuff? I think we've been going a little over an hour on this topic. We could I probably get close to uh, switching directly over to our our economic big picture stuff yeah i think the last thing that i want to say outside of economics is 
one of the things that Colin and I talked about when this conflict first kicked off and we started contributing all of this money to the Ukrainian war effort is um, I don't remember which one of the three of you that it was that said it, but that talked about if you want to know who we're going to fight next, look at who we're paying right now. One of my big concerns is, Zeke, I think you touched on it too, it's like it is kind of an Afghanistan factor where when Russia makes its next push, there is a counter effort a russian sympathizing counter effort that exists in ukraine that is against america because it doesn't think that we did enough or for any number of reasons that they could be upset that we why we didn't put troops on the ground or we watched things be destroyed or um, you know we didn't invade russia or whatever reason it is that those people don't believe that america did what it's supposed to do i have a huge concern that we will end up fighting portions of Ukraine in the future with our own money. Dave um, Smith. So that's, that, that's a, uh, something I have put on the back, not on the back burner because it's an active concern, but, but yeah, you're, you're, I it, keep it alive in the back of my brain. I think yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's why it wasn't Ukraine. If it wasn't Ukraine that we were fighting if it wasn't there, Ukraine. but if it was, if Russia took Ukraine, and now Russia is in control of all of those the American uh, arms and bullets and all that five five six we yeah. talked about. Then on top of that, look at Afghanistan. Yeah. We left eighty billion dollars worth of equipment and, right. and shit there. We're good at that. Like and this was the the situation that I was mentioning earlier. It's like we we left uh, the reason why we went to uh, war with uh, Afghanistan was because of the Taliban. And guess who's in power now? And guess who has million times the 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 armaments is when we initially got there mm -hmm. exactly and technology exactly that's very interesting yeah. exactly. now now warfare uh, warfare there has been escalated yeah yeah no exactly Due to our own and, fucking incompetence yeah so even if it isn't anti-american factions even if it's just a civil war that is prospered and allowed to happen because of the existence of the american arms in ukraine the enormous increase in firearms in military arms that are there that if there are are other factions even if they're not anti-american but still pro-russian factions yeah. that begin to exist shit man like we just saw in these eastern portions of ukraine if russia infiltrates on a individual civilian basis like they did in crimea and yep. they just have people move into these portions of ukraine that are pro-russian and they then get involved and are able to get their hands on these american weapons that are there now there's an active pro-russian threat that is pushing the border actively a little bit further into ukraine yeah past kiev where now they have control of the of the capital now they've got the whole country that and there's one, they're one legitimate to, you know what i'm saying i feel like yeah. there's there's evidence of that and one has to ask the question is why they didn't do that again? How? Why is it that it couldn't work in the you know Donetsk or Luhansk? I think is the other one over yeah. on the east side. Like, why couldn't they do that there? Why is it that we actually had to? Had they actually invaded? Why did they actually invade if they could have replicated what they did in Crimea? That obviously, I feel like would have been the first result. So, what was it that? that push that back is is that right. going to be more evidence towards looking at like a a larger like ukrainian civil war in the future and as the russian occupation grows and then right. they build up the sympathies on both sides and next thing you know we're looking at a instead of the berlin wall we got a, a kievian wall or you know it's I eastern have, and western and i've personally come to the conclusion that i think i just don't know enough 
about that area and yeah. those leaders to decide why he stopped where he did. Yeah. Because I like you said, he's not stupid. So I don't think that I don't know. I think yeah. maybe there was more opposition than he thought, but not enough for him to be completely repelled from the preparation to take the whole country if that's what he wanted to do. You know? could, yeah. Zeke, when you were in one of the chats a few episodes ago, you were talking about there there this is not the entire Russian force. This is whatever he was willing to commit to this particular conflict. Mm -hmm. If he wanted the whole country, he would have taken the whole country. He obviously didn't, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what that reason is. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not sure why it stopped there. I feel like the logical reason would be for the inevitable, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to aggress towards this nation. I need to be ready to take the punch back. So that would be to me the only logical and yeah. like the first logical reason towards it. That I could actually, I've never really thought about it like that until you were just talking about it. Set that actually makes line. sense. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm just, this is the, uh, the spearhead. And then everybody else is ready, you know, in case the entire world actually does punch back, I'll right. be ready. Could be defensive. Which then begs the question when we, when we have essentially proven at this point that we won't punch back. Is the rest of that force coming? Right. Or is this really what he's willing to work with? I mean, he just he just put in the that Russian general that was uh, in charge during their Syria occupation. I mean, that, right. that was in Afghanistan, just like it was back in the eighties. Was in the eighties and nineties with the uh, in Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the same type of situation that we've all been dealing with for the last twenty years. Right. Is that why he's put him in charge now? Is because that's what we're looking at. We're going to look at another 20-year war with Ukraine? That's really interesting. How long does he keep playing by the same rules before he decides, fuck it, let's just get after it? That's very interesting. Who knows? Do you guys have anything else you want to say on this? Yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah, but we could do it again. It'll probably intertwine in the the next segment. It'll probably intertwine. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we can go and we can take a break right here. And we'll be back in uh, three minutes like yep. last time. And uh, Actually, guys, I apologize. Yes. Um, I have to put my kid to bed. No problem. Uh, take care. Do you mind if we do the fourth segment in place of the third and we do the third uh, afterwards? Absolutely. Hey, we could do yeah, that. We can do that. Is that okay. you cool with that, Zeke? That works for you? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Killer. Works for me. Excellent. Yeah. And okay. just, just jump back in like you did before, and we'll see you when you come back, buddy. Yeah. No problem. Like, I, I got a kid. He has a kid. No problem at all. Yep. <laughs> family first, man. Yeah. yeah. Family first. No problem. All right. Appreciate we'll see you, you on the other right, side. Welcome to the South. 